Spotlight with Sarah Hendy. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Faster Mai, it's lovely to have you along. Tonight we're joined by local composer Tim Price, who will be sharing some insights into his newly released seven-part orchestral suite, Gem of God's Earth, which is inspired by the diverse natural beauty of the Isle of Man. As ever, today's programme will be available as a free downloadable podcast on the Manx Radio website just after we come off air. And if you're heading out the door right now, you can take us with you. You can listen live or on demand through the free Manx Radio app. Now we welcome local composer Tim Price to the programme. Tim, this suite is kind of a whistle-stop tour of some of our most iconic landscapes around the island because it is so varied. But I'm sure a seven-part orchestral suite isn't something which just kind of comes about overnight. When did you get the idea and begin working on this? I think I first started thinking about this idea um, probably about four or five years ago. The first sketches that I've got sort of saved on the computer from about 2016. Um, So it has taken quite a while to get to this stage um it's kind of been put on the back burner sort of quite a few times and i decided at the start of this year that i was going to try and make sure i got it finished this year and then of course lockdown happened and i suppose that kind of gave me a perfect opportunity to really focus on it Mm -hmm. i got into composing because i'd seen my sister doing her sort of gcses and composition was part of the course for that um and i something about that really sort of got my imagination and I thought that's kind of one, one, something I wanted to do. So um, I kind of got into composing through sort of helping with like learning sort of the notation software really. Um, and I kind of just thought that that's what musicians did. I didn't realise there was anything particularly odd about um, composing big things like that and she'd been doing all this listening um, and sort of to sort of listening to the film scores and things, that really, the idea of using music to sort of capture a story or to um, to sort of support images really sort of got my imagination. And we were just listening to these pieces and I just thought, like, I'd try it. I didn't think there was anything particularly odd <laughs> in a way. You say odd. Um, odd probably isn't the word I'd use because no. I think it's um, it's... I think it's inspired. I think uh, it's a beautiful moment when something captures your imagination like that and you think, oh, I'd like to do some of that. And I think one of the, we were at Ramsey Grammar School together, weren't we? And I think one of the lovely things was that we did have access to Sibelius and we had um, encouragement to experiment with it. We were allowed to go in at lunch times if we were, you know, very well behaved and sit and experiment. And I think that I think that's so wonderful that you had the opportunity to explore that and to sort of see where that took you. Yeah, so I had a load of encouragement and support from teachers here on the island, you know, Rosie Will-Jones, Andrew Heskett, and uh, my clarinet teacher, Tony Barnsley. Um, all brilliant. Um, and they sort of encouraged me to keep going with this. So I went off to Bangor University, North Wales, um, did my bachelor's in music there, stayed on for a master's, uh, specialising in composing for film. Um, I found that, really helpful. I know there's a big debate about whether academic study really helps, but I certainly found it did. 
Um, like if I sort of compare where I was in my composing before I went to university and where I was afterwards, the, it kind of introduced me to so many different ideas that I wouldn't have just stumbled across on my own, I think. Yeah, okay, The some of the things that the tutors were trying to encourage us towards weren't necessarily things that I agreed with, but I was certainly being able to take some of those ideas and either take inspiration from them and sort of develop my own techniques or find new ways of using those ideas that seem to fit into something that's more like the kind of music I want to write, really. When you're composing, do you find that ideas come to you when you are out in nature and out and about, or is it more that you go out and sort of soak up the atmosphere, come back to your workspace, and that's where the ideas start to flow? I'd say probably a bit of both. Um, There are definitely times when I'm out and you sort of ideas just sort of start coming um and then there are other times when you kind of you sort of think back about those sorts of things particularly um thinking of this with lockdown um Ballaglass is really just down the road for me but a lot of the other places are too they were too far to go to um when there was sort of the restrictions on how far you could travel so um that was a bit of a challenge um Thankfully, because of like Rachel having lots of great photos um, and had some of my own as well that I'd taken on various different trips, they they were sort of good reference to have, but there were some places I you know, didn't quite have the same kind of material. Um, and so it's kind of really just going from memories. Um. How do you record your ideas? Do you have your phone with you or do you jot down a few notes or something? How does that process evolve as you're sort of creating these sketches that become part of something much bigger? Again, I suppose there's a variety of different things. Um, in terms of actually notating things, I'd, I'd probably find it easier to do that if I've actually got an instrument to work with. Uh, so I don't tend to try to write ideas down when I'm out, but... Um, yeah, sometimes it'll just be like instrument combinations or like ideas of textures that I could try to work with. Um, so I'll kind of write those down in a notepad. I do a lot of um, sort of field recording as well. I've got a sort of portable recorder that I take with me quite often. Um, so if there's any particular idea, I suppose I can always just sort of record into that um, and transcribe it later. Fabulous. It's so I'm so fascinated by people's creative processes because I think even even people working in the same medium have completely different ways of working. Um, and you talked about texture there. To me, texture is something very tactile. Um, when you're talking about texture in terms of musical composition, what what does that mean? Yeah. Well, I suppose um, because I've sort of got the experience with the visual side of things as well, I do tend to think visually as well and. One of the things that really draws me to writing for orchestra is the kind of different colours that you can get in terms of the sounds. And there's so, like, with that range of instruments, you've got so many different playing techniques as well. Um, yeah, I suppose, like, examples from this um, Langness is quite a good example for having lots of different textures. Uh, so we start off, it's a sort of very soft, sustained uh, idea of these bassoons and uh, the choir anglais, this kind of soft flowing lines that all work against each other and then that sort of passed around to various other different woodwind instruments but then later on there's a sort of idea that sort of represents some of the rock pools and that kind of idea so you have like a very short note at the start um with a kind of harp arpeggio up sort of
you're sort of translating the landscape into music, I suppose. That's what it sounds like you're saying. And the textures are literally physical textures or um, emotional textures or textures of the light, um, physical, visual things, which you, (laughs) through some kind of magic, uh, turn into a sound which we can then relate back to the landscape. Would that, (laughs) is that a fair assessment? (laughs) Is Is that anywhere near? chasms you said that the initial pattern of notes come from the word chasms can you tell us how that works that that's one of my kind of slightly experimental ideas partly through the time spent at university through various different points in classical music history different composers have taken advantage of the idea that notes are sort of named after different letters um and they've kind of used those through those sort of letters a a to g um to kind of so we're taking the notes that are the same as those letters um, to sort of you to sort of um, turn words mm-hmm. into musical ideas. So Bach, um, Bach had an advantage because in the German system, note B natural is actually H. So he could use all four of his letters in his surname, and he was able to sort of do fugues and things like that on those notes. But I wanted to sort of push it further and sort of give every letter an equivalent so I could turn all sorts of different words or phrases into either into ideas or groups of notes that I could do different things with. So yeah, with the chasms, um, my system, I think that was C, B flat, A, G, A, G. So it's like this pattern. Um, and I've got that running more or less through most of the piece in some form. so cool lucky old bark eh it'd be nice to be able to (laughs) play your name and it's sort of a it's kind of it's inspired and exciting but also the fact that he um enjoyed using his name so much it sounds a little streak of narcissism there perhaps similarly in the um the corix you said you you use transcriptions of real bird songs so Mm -hmm. there's I just love how involved these different environments and our relationship to them are in 
each of these pieces. How did the bird song work? That was a section that took a number of attempts to get right. Um, I suppose, again, the idea of using birdsong, quite a few other different composers have, have done that. Um, not quite as skilled as some of them were. They obviously would have just had to transcribe things from listening to them. I had the advantage of having um, audio software, um, spectrograms and things like that, that let you actually see the frequencies in the note, uh, the frequencies in the, in the recordings, and to be able to sort of slow them down quite a bit to tell what was going on and then to make that idea playable. Um because obviously they, a lot of them go a lot faster than you could really place some of these ideas on a real instrument. <laughs> um, which which birds made the cut? One of the main ones was a black cap. I think it was a white throat. Um, and then chaffinch or greenfinch. Um, I'm hoping those are accurate. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell anyone if they're not. We, we don't know any better. But that's that's fascinating. So you, you had the recordings, you slowed them down, and mm. then from that you interpreted the, the tunes and the... Yeah. yeah. You mentioned that there was a particular scale used in ballot glass. Could you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I think I, think I mentioned the uh, the Lydian yes, Lydian that. scale. Um, various different composers have kind of got into not just using what we would call the normal tone, tonal scale, um, but kind of using modes. Um, this particular one, it's it's the same set of notes, just starting and ending in a different place, really. Okay. Um, so the main difference with uh, I'd, I'd said that it was using a Lydian scale on G. Uh, the main difference there is that uh, the fourth note is sharpened. It just gives the scale a bit of a brighter sound, really. It's technically the same notes as D major, but it's G is the note that kind of feels like it's the start and end of it, really. Lots of composers like uh, John Williams use it quite a bit. It's quite popular in film music just to get that brighter sound for when you need that. <laughs> Thank you. 
I understand the the CD and the concert that we can enjoy online. Um, the music is it's digital music. Mm. Is there any scope for this to be performed on the Isle of Man? I mean, I would. I've enjoyed listening to this suite so much. I would love to see, to, to go to a concert and to enjoy it being performed by some of our local talent. Is there any scope for that, do you think? While I was writing it, I was trying um, really hard to sort of make sure I was taking the sort of various real considerations into account, I suppose. Um, obviously, uh, one of the challenges with writing this kind of thing is you have to take into consideration sort of various technical aspects of, of um, the way things work with a real instrument. Uh, it can be very easy to write something that works well with virtual instruments but is actually unplayable um, in real life. Uh, so I was trying really hard to make sure that I didn't make any of those kind of mistakes. I would really like to hear it performed with real musicians at some point. Um do you think we have any Cor Anglais players on the Isle of Man? I've heard rumours that when Charles Gard wrote a piece that needed Cor Anglais, they uh, brought someone across. Really? Oh, it could happen. You wrote so hard on this beautiful orchestral suite. It's now available as um, a concert for us all to enjoy. Tell us where we find it. Um, well, the, the concert video is up for this week um, on my youtube channel which is youtube.com forward slash tim price composer i suppose one of the lovely things is that this is free for everyone around the world to enjoy people who are really missing home right now or missing the island i think that's a lovely part of it and there's also an audio cd which we can get hold of um available at many local outlets i believe yes it's um it's available at the Lexicon Bookshop in Douglas, uh, Bridge Bookshops in Port Erin and Ramsey, and also my sister's photography shop, uh, Fourborn Place in Ramsey. Yeah. Um, it's also available on my Bandcamp page, uh, the download, and also the CD is going to be available towards it there as well. You've worked in association with the Alman Arts Council for this project, haven't you? That was part of their resilience fund, was it? Um, how, did, how did that work? Outside of this kind of the musical stuff I do, um, most of the time I'm kind of, I'm self-employed really. Um, most of it is sort of, sort of as a recording engineer, sort of working with like Judith Lay, uh, Recording Guild, um, various different projects like that. Um, I had a few different things lined up, but then of course with lockdown, all of that kind of went. So where... Uh, yeah, the, the support from the Arts Council was really helpful at that time. Is there anything you're working on at the moment that you think um, might go somewhere, has some potential that you'd you'd like to sort of carry forward? Well, I suppose I've got this, uh, yeah, I think it's at least an A4 list of ideas of things I would like to do at some point. Um, not too sure exactly which, if any of them, is likely to be next. Um, yeah, but it's kind of quite a... There's quite a lot of crazy things on there. Um, just need the right kind of the right sort of things to come together.
Well, thank you so much to local composer Tim Price for joining me this evening. The piece we finished with there was the first movement of the suite, The Airs, which you can enjoy through the online concert available till Sunday on YouTube, on Bandcamp, or you can get your hands on a copy of the CD, which is available through the Lexicon Bookshop, the Bridge Bookshops and Rachel Price Photography in Ramsey. Join me again next Wednesday from six. And until then, have a lovely creative week. Slend you.